Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. The first part of the show, we attempt to share with you what we're trying to do. And Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and to blend back into community. We do that in several different ways, and certainly one of them is this radio show, which surprisingly we've been doing for almost six years now. And in that, we have a whole litany of people who have been on the show, and you can go back to the archives of KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin and find all the old shows. You can go to your favorite podcast location, if that's iHeart, Spotify, Google Drive, whatever that is, and look up Victory Over Sin. You'll see the whole history of the shows. In those shows, we have all the directors of uh, former directors of the Department, Department of Corrections here in Idaho. We've got a governor. We've got some senators. We've got elected officials. We've got people who help people who are returning citizens and the organizations they represent on there. We've got people who just came out the first day of prison and share their story. We've got people who, one gentleman who was just about to go right back into prison, and he shared his story. So it's a, it's a good body of work, <coughs> if you will, to check out what's going on in the Department of Corrections here in Idaho. We're proud of it. In addition to that, we also have, we do a, what we call a situation in which we'll come out to your church group, your service group, whatever you need to do, and we will put on a PowerPoint presentation, which is led by a returning citizen. He will give 20 minutes worth of uh, information, and then they'll be there to answer questions. So we're available certainly to do that if you're interested. At the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me, and I'll be happy to help you with any of those things. If you have been listening to me for over the years, you know that we've actually expanded some of our services in the last couple of years. We're excited about that. We're getting more and more influential as we go forward. The main office in which we locate out of that do the work for reentry is located at 3217 West Overland Road in Boise. At that location, we try to be the first stop for everybody coming out of incarceration. We can set you up with resources and food, clothing, bus passes, etc. And if you need a ride from incarceration, have your case manager walking around there out in the desert and you need a ride, nobody can pick you up. Have your case manager send me an email and we'll be happy to come pick you up and take you through those first couple of days. We also have an office now in Canyon County. It is conveniently located inside Probation and Parole at 3110 Cleveland Boulevard. And again, that's inside Probation and Parole. So next time you're over there just looking at your, talking to your PO, say, hey, I want to talk to somebody from St. Vincent Paul, and we'll be happy to do that also. As usual, you can check on, go to the webpage of www.svdpid.org and click on reentry. All this information is there. 
I'm excited to have a good friend of mine from, gosh, gosh, I was talking about how many years I've known this man, and he will be up in just a second. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000, Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL 9 for one The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. I was flashing before I was going to introduce you about how long I've known you, but it's been ages. This is Mark Cheney. Mark Cheney was my, my Sully at one point in time. We're going to call him a returning citizen and a success story from beautiful Pine, Idaho. Pine, Idaho. Idaho. That's right. Actually, I'm in Featherville. Featherville. So it's okay. Pine and Featherville. Oh, We're okay. a combined right. community up there. That's that, that thriving yeah. metropolis. It is. It's a thr- <laughs> For as big as it is, it's very thriving. <laughs> that's true. How long have we known each other? Oh, my goodness. Um... Fifteen years? Oh no, I was. It's, it's. I've been sober for nineteen, so it's been longer than that. Um, it, it has to be. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe seventeen. Seventeen, eighteen years. Yeah, it's yeah. been. It's been a while. It's yeah, been a it's long been, while. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and all that kind of good stuff. Okay, well, my name is Mark Cheney, of course, and I'm sixty-seven years old. Just turned sixty-seven, as a matter of fact, in April, and uh, lived in Boise all my life, all the way up to the point to where I went to prison. I was there for 12 years and got out in 2017. Yeah, that's right, 2017. And uh, been out for, it'll be six years in July. Okay, that's true. So, yeah. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about, well, we'll talk about a lot of things, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is you're one of those people who face that long, when I say tail, I mean that you are on supervision for a long period of time and your thoughts on that because a lot of people have that how do they feel about it what is it a burden how do you think about that well at first of course it was uh i hated it i didn't want to be involved in it and um it it just seemed unfair Mm -hmm. really quite frankly and um but over the years it's gotten to the point where it's it's hardly on my mind anymore because it's something that uh, I've learned that it's something I just have to deal with. Mm-hmm. There's no sense in being mad over it. I just need to deal with it. And it's just something I just work through and, and uh, I'm on I'm still on parole and I'll be on parole a long time. And uh, I think the the part that made me the most upset was paying sixty dollars a month <laughs> right, yeah. you know for, for supervision. Um, but right now I'm on modified which basically means that I have supervision, but little, very little supervision. So uh, for me, that means that they trust me. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the right things, um, but it's still, it's still in the back of my mind a little bit that, oh, you're going to be doing this for a long time, and it's, it's tough. 
it's tough at times to uh, think about that when I'm trying to move forward. Yeah, I think there's a uh, increasingly I'm around people who have those long tails. And I know that I think they think about it more than they let on. And so I've always been curious about what how they think about it. So I'm just happy to have you on to kind of have that little bit of discussion. I know when I got out, I thought, boy, it's this is terrible. I have this time for me in terms of a tale. And I remember our case manager was a guy by the name of, one of our case managers was a guy by the name of Curtis. Um, what was Curtis? I'm trying to think. Ken Curtis. Ken Curtis. Yeah, it was just flashed on his name. I had yeah. his last name. <laughs> Ken Curtis. And I, I spent some time with Ken when I was right out because he was a counselor and I just, you know, you search for who to connect with when you get out. And Ken was one of those people. And he basically said to me, he goes, Mark, what are you going to do? You're not going to change anything. So what's the difference? I mean, you're going to behave exactly the way you behave one way or the other. So why does it bother you? Um, so that mm. kind of rang true with me. It's well, like, yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to be the same person I would be whether I was on paper or not. So why does it bother you? So, and that kind of helped me kind of change my thought process, I guess, in terms yeah. of that it, May or may not have been fair. If I'd have been in another state, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, all those kinds right. of things that you think about. So, Well, I get reminded of it. The time I, I remember it most of all is is when I write that $60 check to access corrections. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really the only time I really think about it, hardly. Yep. You know, so, yeah. Um, one of our points of contention between you and I, because we're friends, is that uh, you wouldn't come live in the city with all of us and... Uh, <laughs> Um, you decided to go up and be a mountain man. So uh, tell me that process and uh, what caused that and where that was coming from. Oh, um, well, first, I mean, the first day I got out, I was picked up by my mentor and his wife, Doug mm-hmm. and Pam, mm-hmm. and they came and picked me up at the farm. So our, my first step was to go get something to eat and get some shoes, get some clothes, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, then we had to go see the parole officer. And uh, the parole officer says, you want to live where? Yeah. That was her first thought was because she was thinking, there's no way. Because we can't go up there in the snow and all that stuff. And and, uh, so it was a process I had to go through. And then Doug, which is amazing, he went to the director of prisons. And he talked to him. And they talked about this fact that I can't go up to Featherville and Doug made it very clear that the roads are open all year round because they plow the roads, they keep it up. And so they finally made a decision to allow me to go up there. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty good. So then I had to start the process of all these things I had to do, all the classes I had to do, all the money I had to fork out, the drug testing I had to do. Yep. I mean, it was just one thing right after another. And um, so I did it. I just jumped on it. I didn't hesitate. I didn't stop at any point. I just got done what they wanted me to get done. And uh, I remember my parole officer telling me, I forgot her name. And uh, she told me, she says, I have never seen anybody go through the process quicker than you. So I got everything done that I was supposed to do. And then I started on my journey of getting a job up in Featherville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's not very many jobs up there, no, by I the know. way. <laughs> How many people up there? Right. So I ended up working at Cindy's Featherville Cafe. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for three years. And uh, then I decided to retire. And that process was smooth. Didn't have any... I, I mean, really, I haven't had any 
issues at all. So my advice to anybody that's getting off parole, just get out, do what you got to do and get it done. And uh, don't be a burden to your parole officer. Yeah, that's true. I think a lot of times I'll tell people, because those of you listening to me know that uh, we deal with people coming out of incarceration all the time. And I think it's about, in terms of dealing with your PO, it's about establishing a relationship so that they are in a spot where they can trust you in terms of understanding what your behavior is going to be. And that that's just that needs to start out as a positive relationship at first. And then from there, you will get more and more lenient in terms of as you go forward. Right, which is something that you you got to build that relationship first. Yeah, you do. That's true. Uh, you and I are also, um, I'm happy to have you on because I like revisiting it because you and I were very, very blessed to be a part of uh, a program called Hope Community at the Maximum Security Prison here in Idaho. And it was a very special time for me and I know for you too in that we were part of what was a very rare thing in the country at that time, which was a faith-based program at a maximum security prison called Hope Community. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that and your recollection of all that. Well, uh, I don't want to talk about how I got there, because that's your fault. Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) I did drag him over there against his will. But But it was a good thing. And uh, we were part of this, this group that was... Just amazing. We had some amazing guys that were in prison, some for a very long time. And uh, we developed these relationships with Doug Hardy and, you know, Ken Soltz and, you know, all these guys. And it was it was learning about to trust in Christ in everything that we do, mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's not easy in Max. There there's a it. It's hard to describe to anybody being in Max is you're locked down 23 hours a day, pretty much, yep. except for us yep. that were in the Hope community. We kind of got to roam around in the yep. uh, in the dorm and or common area, I guess I remember that they call it. And we had classes there. We had people that would come in as volunteers right. and help run these classes. We had mentors that would come in. And representatives from uh, all sorts of churches throughout Treasure Valley came in to teach different classes, and uh, you'd be surprised how many churches were representative. And to this day, I, I want to say that there's got to be six to ten of those people who I still interact with. And again, I've been out for you know 13 years, and I still run across those people. They're still doing good stuff, and we're all getting older. But they are... Uh, they were positive role models in all our lives, and it was real positive for all of us. Yeah, it was one of the best things. Um, it was a bittersweet thing. You know, um, I hated being there, but it was a fact I I had to be there. I had to change my life, change my thought process. I had to do some things to make myself realize. Well, I had to realize that I can't go on like I was going, and uh, I needed to make some changes. And... Mm-hmm. Running across you, I mean, when we was at ICC, we used to do Bible studies all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'd go to um, stuff and or programs and studies, and then Hope Community came around, and boy, it just blossomed from all the volunteers and the mentors and everything, just encouraging us and uh, showing us that uh, the true love of God is is there. You just need to reach out and just grab it. Yeah. We were, like I said, we were real blessed, and I think... Uh, uh, we use, I have historically always used uh, Max as a, 
uh, place to take people when we have like we do we still do the cookies for, for it used to be called cookies for max it's now called cookies for corrections because it has expanded from just max to all the facilities out there now so uh, last year we brought cookies for six thousand people. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> I know when we did it in Max, it was just what was it five hundred guys? Yeah, five hundred guys. And uh, we did that, and that was so much fun. Yeah, it was. And we did that in the library. By the way, we had the best jobs in oh, we did, in the yeah. prison. <laughs> Mark and Mark and I had the best jobs in the whole prison because we essentially ran a prison library where no one could visit, and they'd have to write a kite to us to give us a book so and we'd sit in there with 10,000 books and each day the only thing about it was there were no windows but other than that it was really a nice place to be it was the best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so but anyway cookies for corrections is still going it's huge and again I just talked to somebody who was integral and in kind of helping <clears throat> us support it last year in terms of getting some of the media stuff out and he said to me hey when we do that this year let's get one of the radio, the television stations we'll take it out and we'll do it uh, we'll do a video of everybody going door to door, so it's going to get even bigger this oh, year. Oh wow! So it's going to be it's going to be nice. So I'm excited about that. It's it's become an institution. We've kind of it kind of has. has huh? <laughs> so uh, from that situation with Hope Community, it faded away in our latter years because it got political and they did away with it. Um, but it would be nice for the Department of Corrections to do something like that again. You think that's possible these days? Mm, I you know with the political aspect of it I'm I'm not sure but I know I know for a fact and you know for a fact that it is something that um, inmates need mm-hmm. and people that really don't have any hope don't have any family don't have anything to lose they need Christ mm-hmm. everybody every one of them they need Christ and that's that's just the way it is well I think one of the things that I talk <clears throat> about in people I used to be less comfortable saying this, but I say it now all the time and people rally around it. I know that I would not be sober unless I had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I know I would not be the person that I am today unless I had that relationship with Jesus Christ. So I have to be able to say that and for people to understand that. And what we try to do in my office is to give that inspiration, not necessarily to share that specifically, but hopefully they see in our heart that our hey, there's something different about these guys. They're mm-hmm. different, and they're giving, and they're understanding. Now, why do they do that? So that's the the atmosphere that we attempt to project as we go forward. Yeah, I think that for really for the most part, people that don't believe in Christ, don't follow Christ, really have no idea what they're missing. Mm-hmm. Really, the, the best thing that Christ has, has done for me is shown me how to love others because I didn't know how to love anybody. Yeah, me too. Um, I couldn't love myself because I, I hated myself for, you know, the things that I did. And it's just, it's hard. But Christ has brought me through that and helped me to realize that I need him more and more every single day. Even not just from first believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ— I need him throughout this whole process of of life and living. Well, and I think it's too, it's like, again, it's not just for the people coming out of incarceration or those of you who are incarcerated. It's for everybody out there in the world because it's a real broken world out there. And I sometimes wonder how people get up in the morning and go through the day unless they have that kind of love and commitment. It would be very, very hard for me to get up and to uh, go out and work any kind of job and just, uh, especially with the 
things that are in the headlines today, oh. the difficulties in the world, how you survive without understanding that you're loved and you're cared for. It's just, right. I don't know how people do it. Well, we got to understand also is that Christ has a plan for every single one of us. He knows the plan. We, we, may, we may never know our plan, but Christ knows that plan. And if we get up every morning and praise him and read his word and understand who he really is, because when it uh, talks about in First John that he is love, he truly is love. He knows how to love, and he teaches us how to love and care for those around us. So I've developed some amazing friendships because I allowed Christ to just work in me and through me. And I, I am reminded of that every day. And, and when you something like that comes along, you think, oh, heavens, that's right. This is it. Because I know even today as we're taping this, I got up this morning and I thought, man, I just do not know how all this day is going to come together because I had so many things stacked in the morning and I needed to be here and I need to be at the studio at a certain time and how is this all going to work? And their times are close and we're going out and we're doing something that's scary for me at this event where, you know, powerful people right. are and what am I going to do? I'm going to look like a yahoo. And, <laughs> and uh, it just, it, it, it flowed in a way that... It's difficult for me to describe how well we were received. Well, we, we, can, today. we can never plan that as well as God does in our life. Yeah. He knows what we need. He knows what we need to get done. And he just makes things just flow. Yep. I don't get it. Don't understand how it works. I just got to trust in it and believe in it. Yeah, it's, it's so goofy. So, um, so t- you're going to talk. You've gone up to a community and you've embraced it and you've become a part of it. So let's share a little bit about what you've done in terms of your success, because you were certainly moving up there, not happy, didn't know what you were doing, and you're now an integral part of that community. Tell me a little bit about that. So um, I have recently, well, it's been a, it's been a couple of years now, but uh, I ended up being a part of our senior center. And uh, what we do on Mondays, we go in and we prep food, and Tuesdays we serve a lunch. And uh, we, we had 62 people the other day. And there's not that many people in the whole valley, it seems like, at times. But I do that, and uh, uh, and we also have good friends of mine. We got Sue, and we got Pat, and we got Rhonda. And there's four of us that kind of run this thing. And uh, we really enjoy it. We have uh, events that help support the Senior Center. We have a yard sale that's coming up on the 27th. All donations and funds go to the Senior Center to help the operation of it for the year. Uh, we all have, we have other programs coming up. We got the SOS, which is Save Our Seniors. We have an art type fair. Uh, I forgot what they call it. Oh, that's just crazy. Anyway, so uh, since then, recently, I've also become a board member of the Senior Center. So I help I help in the operation of that along with Sue. Sue is a secretary and uh, and kind of like our our uh, financial leader kind yeah. of in, in that area. And, and uh, we keep pretty busy at helping keeping that thing run. And and uh, I volunteer all up and down the, the valley helping people that need help cutting wood or, or doing some chores around the house or, or doing some type of uh, handyman work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I've become... I don't even know how to say it. I've become, well, become an integral part of the community based upon, I, I think, again, but you see that change of heart and all that stuff comes easy, number one. Yeah. And then somehow you just find your place where you're in a spot and you say, oh, it makes sense that I help. It makes sense that I do this. It makes this. And then you come home into the day or 
and there's a set there is a sense of that you've accomplished something that there's a relationship you feel good about everything it's a satisfaction that yeah. uh, i can't even explain right but i know that i keep so busy that i work i mean <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. you know every day but i do it for others i don't do much for myself anymore it's more for helping others and i know that god has uh made me a servant in that and mm-hmm. i enjoy it immensely yep. and i don't think it'd get any better than that well these are the kinds of to be honest with you these are the kind of stories that we need is going forward because um mark and myself are interested in obviously making things better for those who are following us out of incarceration so if this is something that's of interest to you and you've got a story that you're doing well or you're you found a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ and you want to help and share with that, listen, there is ample ways for us to utilize that story. Stories, I think, are the best way to share your faith and to show people the power of the relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're interested in that, man, I want to make sure you reach out and get a hold of us, and we'll be happy to talk with you and blend you into any kind of aspect. Mm. Yeah. Anything else we need to say about uh, where you are and everything you want to share? Um, well, Exciting news for the future for you? No, things are pretty much uh, normal. I just keep really busy. and uh, I mean, I get to see you when you come down here to go to Costco because there are no Costcos up there. <laughs> there's there's two grocery stores up there and they're small yeah. but they're uh but the people that run them are great That's you know cool. uh really good friends of mine and uh, i was thinking about what was his name junior he was at max with us do you remember junior uh hernandez yeah John, johnny hernandez yeah 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 so he's he's coming up to pine to visit Adam Galliano. Oh, really? Go, man. Yeah. So uh, Adam's doing real work. Good. Good. And he's working up at the at the uh, restaurant. There you go. In Pine, and uh, we met each other, and I was sitting in there, and and uh, he looks at me and he goes, "I know you," <laughs> and I go, "I know you too." <laughs> so it took us a while to figure out how we knew each other. So it it's pretty it's fun to watch guys that get out of incarceration and succeed. It's fun to watch that. Marcus, thank you for coming in today, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Uh, these are the kind of stories that you need to hear. If you're wa- Again, you're walking on track trying to figure it out. Can I do this? Hey, listen, two old guys like us, uh, if we can do it, anybody can do it. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength I need to start again Okay, as you can tell, that's my old Sally from Max, and uh, we go back a long way. Uh, Happy to share those stories um, with you. If you need to get in touch with us, we're pretty easy to reach, www.systemicchangeofid.com. 
You can send me an email at Systemic Change of Idaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call me on the phone if you want to at 208 477 We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.